Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we are covering Papo Yo, which is the first of my uh, February games. I'm your host Marcus, and joining me today, as always, are the homies. First off, we have Greg. What up? We also have Dante. For now, at least. <laughs> uh, Dante's having some uh, some neighborhood. Uh, what, what's going on, Dante? You're, you're... So, allegedly, my like main office of my apartment complex, which I'm leaving in 10 days, has decided to catch on fire. So, I'm keeping an eye out and trying to stay safe out here. Because okay. it be real. Hey, we want you to stay safe out in these streets. And uh, speaking of safe in these streets, last but not least, let's bring in the homie Trevor. Hey, look on the bright side. It's free rent right there. Free rent, or at least a they, discount. They hey, lost man, all the records. You call it rent, I call it video game money. <laughs> uh, well, um, uh, like I said, we are going to be talking about Papo Yo. And since this is my game, I will do the uh, introduction. So, uh, Papo Yo. Uh, actually, let me take that back a little bit. It's two different. There's Papo Yo and Papo and Yo. And basically, it's the. Papo Eo is this uh, Portuguese, I guess, or Spanish title of this game. This game is uh, created by a Canadian studio, Minority Media Incorporated, but it was the, I guess, the dream child. It was designed by a, a man named Vander Caballero, who is Brazilian, and this is basically like a story uh, based on his own personal experience. Um it's, uh, it involves a young Brazilian boy named Kiko who goes into hiding uh, in a closet from his abusive, alcoholic father and finds himself taken to a dreamlike favela where he meets a huge pink creature named Monster. And basically, as Kiko, you interact with the monster and manipulate different structures and things in the favela environment in unique ways to solve puzzles and progress throughout the game. Um, like I said, it was designed by uh, Vander uh, via, he's a worker under Minority Media Incorporated. The game was released on PSN um, for PS3, August 14th, 2012, and eventually it came out on Windows via Steam and then uh, uh, the OS X and Linux through, I think, a Humble Bundle um, pack. And so far, Minority Media Inc., that was their first game that they released. And they've only released two other games since then. A game called I Love Potatoes, which, hey, that's a tight game name, uh, came out in 2015. Uh, and it was a big collaboration between, I think, an artist, uh, Vali Fugalin, Ruben Ferris, and then the National Film Board of Canada. And then... Uh, in 2016, November 2016, they released Time Machine VR, which is a time travel dinosaur safari. So, uh, they're, I think right now they've been focused on the VR technology, so they have a lot of games that are, or a lot of things they're working on to deal with VR. So, um, just based off of this game, they're doing a lot of storytelling, and uh, they, they focus on storytelling, so I'm assuming that a lot of their VR are along the same uh, path. But let's let's get into this game. So um, as I said before, you, you play as this boy named Kiko. Um, the game, it 
translates, Papa Yo translates to father and I. So it's the story of Kiko with his father. Um, but the game starts off with Kiko kind of cowering in the shadows of a closet, uh, clutching his faithful robot toy, Lula. And outside you see like, I think it's like depicted as like a huge shadowy um, figure um, that's calling out for him. And uh, he's hiding in his closet and he sees a portal of shining light and he goes through it and he's immediately transported to another world, basically. And because of the the title and the the the, the music in this game and, and even like the, the the language that they're speaking um uh, you can kind of tell it, it, it's set in brazil it doesn't even like um it, it immediately becomes apparent after you see the setting where he's basically in the favelas and um uh in this world he meets a mysterious girl and uh he's trying to follow her and uh, that's when you, I guess, that's where the game starts off. It's like, oh, you're chasing after this mysterious girl. She's covered in, like, um, body paint, I guess you could say. She has, like, uh, paint on her eye, on her, around her face and her neck, her arms, her legs, all that. And you're just trying to, trying to talk to her. So um, uh, I guess when you first get transported in this world, how did you feel about the environment and everything, Trevor? Like... You see him hiding out in this closet, and then next thing you know, you're in the favelas, and like I think the music kicks in, and I think I think the 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 names of the songs are named after the, I guess quote unquote levels because there's not necessarily levels, but this is called a strange new world, and it, how did you feel like when you first see the favelas and you hear this music going? So when I first jumped in, like I was immediately into it like i just thought it was like a really cool environment um for them to to go for more of like a, a cultural um kind of feel um especially the art direction like you can see like the graffiti on the walls um all of this stuff that's kind of like makeshift and like the also the the juxtaposition of like the the favela buildings along with like you also have some um like rocky terrain and or grassy terrain and so i i thought the the art direction for like the the environment was really good like i really the music is what got me into it too i was like man i'm gonna be jamming this whole game Uh, straight up too like i'm glad you said that because of all the games we've played so far in my opinion um this game did the best job of of like letting the music uh help pull you into the environment and i felt like a lot of the music was like the the um i forgot the genre music but the the brazilian style um uh like i can't think of the um dang it's gonna kill me that i can't think of the genre and the uh the artist that i was gonna say but uh it, it definitely had a like a a good brazilian vibe to it and uh i felt like the music in this game especially this intro song it like immediately transported me into being in this environment and like you said with the graffiti because brazil is kind of they're pretty their government is pretty lax on like their graffiti um are you talking about samba by any chance yes yes but i can't think of the artist's name um i want to say sango 
Um, but it's like the do cha cha do do cha do that. That's the the sango. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't <laughs> think of the dude's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was just like, yo, like you said, like Trevor said, I, I was jamming to it. So I, I really like when you first get into this world, and I immediately was drawn in. Um, how about you, Greg? Um, I liked it. Um, I wasn't really sure what to expect, like starting out the game. Um, kind of dug the Ella, and for some reason, I don't know if maybe this is just me. I get kind of like a uh, like throughout the whole game, I get kind of this kind of team eco vibe to like the style of it as far as the way that the environments are built out the way that the puzzles kind of incorporate the environment in them but yeah I, I, I definitely I mean team eco that's 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 Dante right there so how, how did you feel about it and how do you did you did you get a team eco vibe uh at all Dante aesthetically yes um the color palette they went for in a lot of the environmental design did seem very similar to Team Eco as far as like how they use lighting, what type of buildings they type they typically type try to use, um, that type of stuff. I did enjoy the graffiti, um along with the music. I think all of that kinda tied together for the first couple hours. And I should uh I, I didn't even mention this either, but what was everybody playing on? Um, I was playing, I mean, via Steam on my Mac, but I don't have a gamepad. So for the most part, I was playing uh, keyboard and occasionally mouse. Um, the, the game is very, I mean, contr- uh, control-wise, it's, I mean, WASD, you know, WASD, and then that's to move your character. You have a, a button to like walk um like if you hold it down you're instead of like moving at the the normal pace which is like the almost like a like a jog you you can walk and then you uh, move the camera with the uh directional arrows um or if you wanted to you could use the mouse as well uh and sometimes i use the mouse sometimes use the the directional arrows but um then you had basically left click to pick up items and right click to throw them so um there there was a couple of instances and i I think this is probably going to be uh where we get into the meat and potatoes of this game um this is a puzzle game and uh it's it's it's, uh it's interesting because like i i don't think there's any at any point i don't think the puzzles are difficult or anything but I do think that sometimes, uh, because how loose, I guess, the game felt, I do feel like there was, like, a, a, a bigger margin of error, because I don't think this game was, um, super precise, so sometimes it was a little bit hard to control Kiko and be precise in some of the things that you're doing with him. Um, I, I feel like this is this can make or break a lot of people's experience uh, with the game uh, because not having as much control as you want or like, you know, missing a jump, consistently missing a jump or something along those lines where there, there was one spot in this game um, where I got stuck mostly because of one of the game mechanics, but it was very frustrating. And I kind of was just like, I'm just going to come back to this later. 
Um, but uh, let me let me see how the, the guys felt about it. Uh, Greg, what were you playing on, and did you have any issues with how the game kind of controlled? Um, I was playing on Steam, and uh, no, I didn't really have too many issues as far as like controlling the character, or um, I didn't really think that too many of the like platforming sections were finicky. But yeah, I didn't really have too many. Okay. I, um, for me, it was mostly like sometimes when you were jumping on like a, a floating box or a floating cube or what have you, sometimes like it was hard for me to tell where, maybe it was the where the angle that I had the camera that I just couldn't tell where I was at. So sometimes I would be too short of something or sometimes when you're walking along like a, a super short or like narrow plank of wood or something like that, I would accidentally walk off the edge. Well, I guess the thing, I guess, well, what do you know what, uh, settings you had the graphics on? Cause I was using the, the shadows to kind of like judge where I was as far as like my jumps and stuff like that. And I don't know if maybe that just, if it wasn't, um, sure. I think I was playing on medium or low. Okay. I sometimes had shadows and I sometimes didn't. Oh, um, okay. I, 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 another issue that I was having was the game when I was playing it full screen, it was kind of chugging on me sometimes. Uh, the frame rate was giving me issues, so I kind of dropped down the the graphics uh, for me, or you know the how the graphics look from like the um, just to maybe help alleviate some of that. But I, I mean, I still had some issues with it, kind of every now and then the frame rate dropping. It was mostly like post puzzle when it's like zooming out and you see like whatever interactable thing that is happening to like let you go to the next part of the level a lot of times it would like hitch up for like three or four seconds so the music or like whatever is still happening but like this the the camera literally just stopped you know for a little bit yeah that that was happening to me um i had basically my issues were technical issues that i had with the game um just between the controls and just like the game sometimes hitching up on me. Um, Trevor, what were, what were you playing on? And did you have any of the, the issues that I was having with either the controls or any like the technical issues or anything like that? Um, I actually played on PC, but I played through my steam link and my first playthrough. I don't think I had any technical issues. The first second... playthrough. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you I... liked the game and you played it more than once? What? Here to be we fair, go. <laughs> to be fair, you, you really can't die in this game. So, that... Hey, but you can respawn. <laughs> go ahead, Trevor. Like, it was, I think in the second playthrough, like the game, like you said, started chugging a little bit. Um, As far as just like technical issues, I think that the sensitivity for changing direction is very high. Like, I don't know if there's just like a lack of animation from, from changing your character's direction, but it was like, whenever I wanted to like climb up a ladder, sometimes I would accidentally run past the ladder and then I'd try to turn around and I'd like completely pass the ladder again. It was just, the controls are just really sensitive. I gotcha. Um, but did you? But like, was it? Like, I'm trying to think of some examples. So, like, I said, like, I, I accidentally walked off a plank a couple times when I didn't do the walk. Like, I, that, those were the only times that I 
did the walk feature, I guess you could say, is when I was walking across, like, a plank or something. And then I, I can think of another instance where, like, a couple times, like, I'm, you're on the edge of a building and you're trying to climb up a ladder and like if I don't hit if I don't hit the ladder I'm gonna fall off the edge of the building and a couple times I missed the ladder so I fell off the edge of the building and not like I I died or anything like that but I kind of lost a little bit I had to re-get back up to where I was at um Dante what were you playing on and did you have any of the technical issues that I had or hitching up that Trevor and I had I was playing on the Steam, I guess Steam version of the game, with a 360 controller, and I didn't really notice any issues, but as Greg alluded to, the game is so easy that pretty much there is no issue that you could really run into, in my opinion. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so uh, that's... It's, it's kind of weird and hard to talk about this game, so... Um, it's a pretty personal story for the creator, for Vander, but um, <clears throat> I guess throughout this game, uh, you're you're following this mysterious girl, and you see, uh, I think later on, you uh, see your toy, that the one of the toys that you were hiding out with, I guess your most coveted toy, um, that you named Lula, you see this toy um, in, in the, this alternate reality, right? And it's talking to you, it's telling you how much it loves you and all this stuff, and it's giving you a lot of, like, positive affirmation. And, um, basically wants to protect him. And so you get, um, you pair up with Lula, and Lula gives the ability to hover, um, so you can kind of, like, as Kiko by himself, you can just jump. That's really all you can do. You can pick up things and you can jump. And with Lula, when you jump, if you hold down the, the jump key, you get to hover. So it, it kind of immediately, or off the bat, you, you can cover longer distances. So the buildings start to get more spread out and you, you can just cover more obstacles. And then you have the ability to kind of like... Uh, throw it, <laughs> like, there there are some puzzles that you need to solve where you can kind of just fling it to um, divides that are too big for you to reach to unlock the next part of the puzzle. So it, it's a pretty self, self uh, excuse me, selfless uh, companion to have. And then not long after, um, I think one of, actually one of, th- this is when I knew that the game was going to be, like, I was like, yo, I'm really feeling this game. So, like, you're in this cool environment, and you get this ability to hover, and, like, the music is really drawing me in. And I think it's the very first puzzle where you're in where you have to, like, pick up these boxes. And you, you, um, you pick up these boxes, and you have to lay them across this path. And then, like, you're doing this small task as Kiko... But the moment you pick up this box and you start moving into the area, you see an entire, a whole ass building from the favela move. And then you realize, oh, I'm holding this super small, like, you know, like not super small, but like a uh, small child size cube as Kiko. But what's really happening is that box is representing this building that I'm moving. And I'm literally creating a bridge across this gap of actual buildings 
And when we saw, when I saw that first puzzle, or like that was one of the early puzzles, I was like, yo, this is sick. Because it to me, it was like in a super cool environment already. I'm really here for the favelas. But then on top of that, it's like a puzzle and like you're manipulating like the environment. And I was just like, this is, this is going to be all, like if they keep doing things like this, which to me they did, and they didn't disappoint. Like, I loved, like, I loved seeing that. And I was, like, super, like, impressed and just looking forward to, like, the rest of my time with this game. Did anybody else have that? Uh, I'll just leave it open. Did anybody else have that feeling when they did that first puzzle? Or was it just me? Greg, do you remember this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I played it, I, I, I was liking how, uh, I kind of said this earlier, but I kind of like how, you interact with the environments from, um, I wasn't super wild by it, I guess, but I did think it was kind of, uh, kind of cool. But, um, yeah, I don't know if I shared in the same enthusiasm as you, but it was cool though. Trevor, come on, help me out, man. You played the game twice. I know you had to (laughs) like this. So I definitely feel you. Um, like I really like the playfulness of the game, like the way you can interact with the environment when, things start to kind of accordion out and it's like you're actually playing a um a pop-up book um as as someone who gets really into like puzzle games i don't i don't know i was kind of disappointed in in what are considered puzzles is basically more of like find the interaction and interact with it and then you move on to the next section um you know, it wasn't extremely, I don't know if it necessarily needs to be difficulty to it, but there just wasn't enough involvement for me, like as far as the puzzles. But I like the, the playfulness of it. I I feel what you're saying, and I, I want to touch on that, but I think that can be like a, a discussion for the when we're done, when we're, when we're done going through this game. Uh, just because uh, I I feel like you probably aren't the only one that feels that way about this game, um, but uh, yeah. So I mean, you you knock out the first couple of puzzles and you're kind of getting your bearings. Like you're 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 exploring this world. You're still like you know chasing after this girl, and you're you know you got Lula, so you're you're starting to see the the abilities you have. And I think the game does a good job of like kind of introducing you to these tools that you have and then uh you eventually you run into monster and monster is this huge pink creature who is basically depicted as being lazy and a little bit dumb and uh you've kind of learned that you have to uh basically work with this uh creature in order to solve puzzles so um, some of the ways you can kind of manipulate it is, uh, or interact with it. Um, if there's nothing around that draws its interest, then, um, it just finds a spot to go to sleep and then you can kind of jump on its stomach and kind of trampoline yourself up to higher heights, I guess. Um, but, uh, the things that interest him, like when you first find out are coconuts, that's his favorite fruit. And so they have, like, coconut trees that you can climb to kind of get the monster to follow you around. And you can kind of use it to um, open up, or you know, solve future puzzles. And, like, 
kind of what Trevor was saying. Like the thing, the way you kind of utilize monster is kind of like one dimensional. It's kind of like bring a coconut to this huge square, throw it in the square. He goes to the square, bam, you solve the puzzle. So like there leaves, there's a little bit to be desired in some of the implementation, in my opinion, of how they um, use monster to help you solve some of the puzzles. But there are other instances where I think further along in the game where it's like, oh, they, they use him in some smart ways and like it gets a little bit more interesting. Um, but then uh, uh, you, you find out, like you, you do a couple puzzles with Monster and then everything's all well and good. And then you find out uh, you come across an area that has frogs. And suddenly, as soon as he sees these frogs, he goes crazy and it's like he has a purpose and he's like super fast not super fast but he's like he's like I need to get these frogs and uh, so as soon as he uh, like a lot of puzzles then at this point involve like distracting him with frogs that he can't reach um, in order to kind of uh, reposition him uh, to solve some puzzles, and then uh, inevitably he ends up getting to a frog, and the moment he eats it, he goes from being this super docile, like, pink monster to this flaming, rampaging beast, and as soon as he's, like, has a frog, he turns all his attention onto you, and he basically tries to attack you. And it, it never, like, it doesn't kill you when he, like, catches you or anything, but he kind of just picks you up and flings you to the side, and, um, it's <laughs> the, the very first time I, it, it's super powerful to me when the monster eats his first frog because the music gets super hectic and just extremely frantic. And this is again, going playing off what I was saying earlier, where I feel like the music does a really good job of like kind of putting you into the environment, but like. I almost, and I don't know if, I think it's, I think it's, it's a technical issue, uh, and I'm, it, 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 it helps out, and it, it helps, uh, with, it's a great effect, because I feel like the game kind of hitches up and kind of slows down a smidge when, um, the monster has eaten a frog when he's on fire and chasing you, but I think it plays a good effect because you're trying to run away and like it seems kind of like oh things are slowing down, and like it, it kind of makes it even feel a little bit more of a scary, dangerous situation. Like it ultimately, like when you find out when you first get caught that he doesn't kill you, it's like the the some of the. Uh, stakes kind of are lower at that point because it's like, oh, he can't kill me. Never mind. It's not that big of a deal. It just becomes more of an inconvenience. But I did feel like uh, that initial time before I first got caught, I was like, oh crap, I need, I need to go. Um, how did you guys feel about when Monster first eats the, you know, his first frog and he's this rampaging beast following you? I'll, I'll kick it to you, Dante. I didn't really have that much like of an emotional response to it, to be honest. It just, it was a different mechanic and okay. So he likes coconuts, but then frogs take precedence over coconut. And when he gets frog, he essentially gets aggressive and you kind of have to put him into these, I guess, prison spots would be the best way to describe it until he, um, 
I forget. Does he cool down or like? Um, you have to give him the um, the fruit, the poison fruit. I think it, it's like I think it's introduced later on. Um, but like, there's a a third thing. It's it's called a rotten fruit, but it's you know just like a the coconuts are yellow in this game, and this thing is the same shape, but it's blue, and that basically stops them from becoming a rampaging beast. But a lot of times uh, in the earlier game, you have to like trap him or contain him in order for him to chill out. Yeah, the first time you don't have that option, he's just rampaging and you just have to kind of keep him in those little prisons while you solve the puzzle. Greg, how, how did you, I mean, did you have any type of reaction when uh, he first gets his first taste of the frog? Um, no, not really. I was, I think still at this point, I'm still trying to put together what the, what actually is going deeper meaning to it, but I didn't really have to, um, that one particular. Trevor, help me out here, man. Um, These dudes are killing me. <laughs> um, well, I guess I had a bigger response. My thing was like, as far as where the story was going, like I was looking at monster as a companion, like after that first time you meet him and you realize you have to use him to help you solve puzzles in the game. But then all of a sudden, like he, you know, just becomes this, this rampaging monster. And at that point I was just like, Oh man, now I've actually got an, an imminent threat in this game. Like I could, I could possibly start dying at any point. Um, but um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty much the biggest, um, response I had to it. it. It was just like a huge, um, turn of events where, you know, what your what is supposed to be your companion, which I'm thinking is just going to be like this, this fun, playful game. Like, like, I don't know what this girl is talking about. This monster doesn't seem that bad. And then all of a sudden he eats, um, a frog and, and he's just, he just goes crazy. Um, I got a quick question. Did, did, like, I don't, I didn't know what to expect going into this game, but I was aware, and maybe it's because it's a game I picked, but I was aware what the overarching story, I knew it was a guy's experience, uh, the designer's experience with his own abusive slash alcoholic father. So, like, I knew that game, this game was based off of his experiences. Did you guys kind of just kind of go in not doing not i don't want to say research but unaware of that or like yeah i I had no idea of that so i i was aware of the game because i remember seeing um a quick look about it but as far as the plot or anything like that i didn't really went in like kind of sight unseen sure okay yeah like i as far as the game graphics and how it looked like i think the only screen i only saw a screenshot of like the top like a almost like a advertisement or like you know when you go to a storefront and you see like pop you know the game title and then like a, with a screenshot that was really all i had seen as far as the game in action or not even in action just like the art style but i was just aware of the story but i was just wondering because i hear you guys like not necessarily having a reaction to it or not like Trevor no said, um i was gonna actually ask that question so i also knew what it was about going in so yeah, I, I figured you did, and I. But I know that maybe it, it didn't. If the story's not hidden for you, then the story's not hidden for you. And I don't think at this point, I it, it's not surprising to me that you it didn't really do anything for you because I 
kind of have a feeling I know what your overall, I you know, feelings on this game are. But I was just wondering about the other two because Trevor's like, man, this companion and, and whatever. But uh, yeah, what's up, Trevor? Yeah, I, like Greg, I went into this game blind. I think I read like a, a short summary of the plot. But I mean, all it said was like it was about a Brazilian kid and there was this huge monster. You know, I didn't I didn't read any further than that. Oh, gotcha. And I'm, I'm not trying to like shame you guys or anything. I was just curious because like I like I said, I knew Dante had known about it. but I wasn't sure if you two did. But um, yeah, so after you do this first, I guess, puzzle where he's had the frog you, I mean, you're still going after this girl. She's still leading you along. And you go to the next area and you have almost like a flashback back to your actual, like, you know, reality or a, a, a regressed memory. And you see it's like a dark, uh, stormy night. You're sitting in the backseat of a car and you see some headlights and you see that his you see Kiko's dad standing in the the glare of the headlights uh he's standing in front of the car your car's pulled over and you see him getting out you know outside of standing in front of the headlights it's raining and you see a reflection on the the wall behind him and it's the outline or the, the the shadow cascading of the monster and not your actual father so uh if you didn't have any idea what this game uh what the monster represented, I feel like at this point, I mean, immediately afterwards, after that frog point, uh, puzzle you do now. And, um, uh, you, you kind of like your character is kind of shocked a little bit. And then he kind of goes back to the dream world. And, um, at this point he's talking to the girl and I think she says something like it's the, it's the monster's burden to kill. He can't help it, but there is a cure. And that basically kind of gives you the first, like, your unknown um, mission in the beginning of the game. Your objective is just to follow this girl. Like, it's not, there's no, like, objective, but that's basically what you're doing. And at this point, I think you get your first, like, this is what I have to do. So uh, she basically says, Kiko can cure the monster, but she's going to help him by leading him to the shaman. So the shaman will help Kiko cure the monster. So basically, your goal at this point is to lead the monster along to the shaman. And it becomes less of, in my opinion, it becomes less of a companion game, I guess you could say. Where you're kind of like walking this tightrope between this super volatile creature. Whether it being like friendly to you one moment and then the next moment it's like wanting to kill you. Or not kill you, but harm you. Uh, so like a lot of these, it, the, not that the puzzles get any more difficult or anything like that, but, uh, a lot of the puzzles start, um, implementing, like we said, the coconuts, the, the, the frogs and even some of the, uh, the rotten fruit too. So like you see a lot more variety, um, and the, the things you, you can interact with. Um, and then really, like, I, I want to say at this point, like, it's a lot of puzzles and like, or I guess I, I don't, I don't know if puzzle is the right word just because of how like Trevor said earlier, like they're not necessarily difficult and there's not like you can't, it's really hard to get something wrong, but I think it's like a cool show of like the, 
physics of the game, I guess you could say, and some of the environments and like some of the things that they can create. What's up, Greg? Oh, no, just touching on what you were saying about the difficulty. And the game goes as far as they even have, like, hints in the game to pretty much, you know. I mean, they, they they don't give you the solution to the puzzle, but they're pretty good about saying, look, this is kind of what you need to do. Not too yeah, difficult. literal hint boxes. Yeah. Yeah, and but, I mean, a part of me is, like, the hint boxes. Like, I don't know if you guys looked at any of the hint boxes. I looked at every single hint box when I'm first, like, when I got into environment, I would look at the hint box. And I don't necessarily feel like they, sometimes they were super, like, clear. And sometimes they weren't clear at all. So I, I don't necessarily, like, they were helpful to have for sure. But I don't necessarily think that they were, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think they were all, like, that important or, like, even necessary. Trevor? Yeah, I had an issue with the hint boxes. Like, the, I think the hints were, I don't know, they were, like, either way too ambiguous or way too obvious. Like I There would, was no in-between, right? Yeah, it was like <laughs> I would read the hint, and it would be like, oh, well, I already knew, you know, to do that. And then there were certain instances where I would read the hint, and it almost had nothing to do with what I was doing. Wait, we actually using hitboxes out here? I mean, dude, I went to every... Like, I wanted to interact with everything in this game that I could. And so, like, I would go to the hitbox, see what was up, and then... So, yeah, like... But that's, I, like, the I, one, the solution to the one thing that... Never mind. Well, one, I'm giving my... Like, I'm getting more content delivered to my to me, right? And, like, me and Trevor kind of said, like, I guess if you didn't look at the hitboxes, you wouldn't know. But not every hitbox was, like... Some of them made it, like, the puzzle seemed like, like, what, what? What is going on here? Because they weren't always, like, as obvious as you would think. I, I, I kind of get where you're coming from on it. I mean, I didn't do, I think there was maybe one puzzle where I felt like it was, I was kind of lost on it, and I was like, well, I could just go look at the solution. But I'm, but outside of that, like, I didn't really feel enough of it. Like, if anything, the hint box wasn't giving you the answer or the solution. It was just explaining the puzzle to you. And saying, like, okay, this is, like, you can do this thing. You could throw frogs against the wall. So then that way the dude, you know, like, the dude doesn't chase after him anymore. Just things like that. And it wasn't necessarily, like, here's how you solve this puzzle. Yeah, I I agree. Like, like in the beginning, I looked at the hint boxes more of just, like, tutorials. And so I guess it just became, like, you know, first nature to to look at the hint box to see if they're introducing some kind of new mechanic. Like I didn't immediately look at the hint box to try to figure out how to solve each puzzle because like we all agreed on none of them really difficult. So I looked at it more for like just tutorials on new things that the game might introduce. Fair, but I guess my thing, my grievance is normally if something's like, Oh, well there's this new mechanic available there's like a 90% chance that's the mechanic you need to solve the puzzle. So are you saying that our reason for using the hitbox is because we assume that there was a new mechanic and there normally wasn't was like why we shouldn't pick it up or not, not what you mean? Like I'm just coming from like a Zelda perspective where like, oh, well, I bet you didn't know you could use this item this way. And normally it would be up to you to figure it out, but they kind of like, oh, well, now that I know I can use this item in this way, 
obviously I got to do this. But granted, I didn't use the hint boxes for real, so. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but uh, so like I said, uh, the girl gives you your basically your objective, and your objective is to lead the monster along to the shaman to help cure it with um cure it, I guess you could say. Um and then I guess along the way, um you have more interactions with Lula and I'm not gonna lie, it it, it these interactions were kinda weird to me, but she a lot of what Lula does is explain the world to you, encourage you you know, sometimes it's through the dialogue, like, you'll have, like, an actual conversation with it, and other times it will be, like, just the fact that it's there for you and helping you along, whether the hovering aspect that it does or helping you um, open doors you can't reach, and it almost becomes, like, a <laughs> like a motherly figure, I guess. It's kind of weird to describe the relationship, and it's maybe even more a little bit more interesting or looking back at it because i had written down that uh in the very beginning it said um he dedicated the game to his mother and his siblings uh and he said you i don't know if it was you guys helped me or we we all survived our my monster of a father or something like that and so like i kind of started thinking like okay if the monster is his dad does Lula represent his mom and like maybe the girl is one of his siblings or I, I wasn't sure at that point. Cause I, I was kind of like, if he, I already have this one thing that I know is like a representation of somebody in his family and the way these other characters are kind of acting, I'm like, Oh, okay. Are like these other representations of his family or whatever? And I don't necessarily think that it's ever explained or whatever i think the game is a little open to interpretation in that respect but that's kind of how i saw it because at a certain point there is uh uh lula ends up getting caught by monster and (laughs) monster already in one of its rages from having just eaten a frog or whatever it kills lula and uh at that like you become super emotional and the the girl um she's like well we can bring it back to life and so you you she kind of explains to you like oh well if we do this thing and this thing and the things end up being like trapping the monster and you can kind of squeeze the anger out of him to revive the robot and so like you're actively when you trap the monster you're hurting it and it gets more angry but the fact that it's getting angry like causes the robot i don't know it, it's really weird at this point like th- this puzzle is pretty interesting it's unlike i think it's it's unlike any of the other puzzles in the game where you're kind of actively trying to trap the monster and lead it into something so you're using yourself as bait to be chased into a trap or you you know you lead him into a trap get out trap him you know and uh how do you guys feel about like just this part of the story and like this puzzle um did you enjoy it? I, I, it took me a little bit because you're in a super huge, wide open area. And I feel like, I'm not going to lie, at this point, I was like, I'm not sure what's going on here. Like, it's not super clear, but I know I'm supposed to be here. So let me just figure it out. And it was a little bit of trial and error before I got like my bearings and I knew what I was doing. Uh, did you have that issue, Greg? Yeah, I was having a similar issue there. 
I sat there running around for like maybe like trying to figure out how do you get and and eventually well this is when one of the hidden boxes but um eventually I figured it out using that and then um but yeah and at this point again I'm still just trying to process exactly what is going I mean as far as (laughs) it's all good (laughs) but yeah as far as I guess the the story was at that what what everything means who is who everything i guess yeah yeah um trevor how did you how did you feel about this particular puzzle in this section of the game like i wasn't exactly satisfied after completing these puzzles because it wasn't it just didn't feel like i actually solved anything it felt like more of like i just kind of tricked is it fair to call these puzzles I don't really know what else <laughs> yeah. you would call it though. Like I and I kinda like that's kinda what I want to talk about at the very end because I, it's like I think there's like, like a the term I keep coming up with is like interactables, which I'm fine, like walking simulators don't have puzzles, but this just kinda toes this weird line between tr- kinda trying to implement puzzles but not really. I feel like it's a little dismissive. Not not like I think there's like a negative connotation. At least I have a negative connotation. That just may be a Marcus thing, but I have a negative connotation when I hear like the the word like an interactable because like to me like an interactable is like like an apple that you can pick up or like and in this game like the, the 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 soccer ball that you pick up or you know whatever. But like I, I feel like there's a little bit more involved. You're a little bit more deliberate in some of the cases. So like when you're pushing in gears or twisting the key or whatever, like I felt like that is maybe, I guess an interactable, but like some of the things you're actively like changing, like there, there's that one puzzle where you stack all those buildings on top of each other and you got to have to lean them in a specific direction to get access to other areas. Granted, there's only one solution, but like, I feel like there's a little bit more, puzzle in that or like when i think there was a section two where you have to like twist a building around or pull a rope and like there's like there's some like deliberate like action or like movement that you have to do as a player in order to position it in the right way so like sometimes i i feel you with like some of these things being interactables but like in other instances i'm like this this is a puzzle like and I, I think it toes the line. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think it's one or the other. But it's just kind of like, man, the, the, I don't know. Like, I, I still want to have this conversation later, too. So, um, but uh, were, were you were you good, Trevor? Well, well, I was just going to say, like, completing this part didn't feel satisfying. It felt like I basically just kind of tricked the game's AI into falling into this trap and it didn't feel like I necessarily did it the way I was supposed to. What you mean? Like we're, we're talking about the part where like the, you have to lead the monster to like three different sections. Yeah. 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 That part, it didn't. Cause you, you literally like you have to do what the game wants you to do in order to achieve this. So like, like I don't think there's any at any point you are outsmarting the AI as a player. I think you are going along this set path that you need to go in order to progress through the story. 
Well, this so is just I, like the part where you have to activate the switch and it just pushes the monster into the trap. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. That that part just seemed really, really cheap to me. So you felt sorry for the big guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but at the same time, like, that's... That's what you're supposed to do in order to proceed through the game. And, like, the, the I think the first one, you have to kind of lead it there and, like, it's super easy. But then the other two, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I was like, yo, how do I get these, these walls to come down? And I didn't realize that I had to, like, I was at the top, you know, outside of the, like, the labyrinth or whatever. And when I dropped down, I saw that little thing that you're supposed to stand on to, like, m- move the door out the way so you, or the wall so you can go through it. And the first two times I tried it, he caught me. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, I'm doing it correctly, I'm just, you know? So, like, the, not that it was difficult, but it was just like, oh, I'm, I guess I'm not doing this quick enough. Um, so, I don't, I don't and, know. And like, that's the part, too. Like, you have to do it fast enough. And, and that's kind of outsmarting the AI, too. Like, I don't know. It just it just didn't feel satisfying for some reason. Because you're, you're not actually leading the monster all the way into this trap you're leading the monster to a specific location and then you hit a switch and then the game does the rest for you that's kind of what it felt like i think that's i don't know like i I feel like that's this entire game to be honest i i don't feel like at any point there's any like i did that it was I, i feel like a lot of the interactable slash puzzles that you do are just in order to progress through the game and have the story play out for you. Because I, I think that is, that's what you're here for. I, I think the gameplay is a vehicle to present this story to you. But uh, do, do I need to kick it to you, Dante? Or do you want to just talk about puzzles and stuff at the very end of this? Yeah, most of my stuff's probably going to come towards the end. Okay, I, that's what I figured. I just wanted to make sure I, I hit, I hit uh, you up just to make sure. Um... So yeah, you 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 trap the monster three times, and you bring Lula. You bring Lula back to life with the burning rage from the monster. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, at this point, you're you go back to your main objective, which is to lead the monster to the shaman. And uh, you you get you know closer and closer, and it just becomes more and more difficult to keep up uh, with the monster, you know, keep out of reach of the monster. And they, they introduce like a, I guess the final uh, mechanic or, I don't know, they introduce a couple of different gameplay things for like a, a couple of different puzzles. So they introduce like, <clears throat> they introduce a, a, like a door that you can go through that's kind of like a teleporter to the other side of the stage or whatever. And then they introduce, I, I think the, the, one of the coolest puzzles in this game, uh, or one of my favorite puzzles, was this one where they have these three rings and you have to feed, um, they have three rings that they're basically islands or like safe houses. And they have two different modes and you can kind of interact with them so you can make one active while the other one is inactive. And anything inside the ring when it's inactive it's just stayed there but anything that's in the ring that when it's inactive when it is active can kind of just disperse and leave so it's a cool puzzle and uh to me um you kind of have to play with okay i want to put you know i want to make sure there's no frogs here so when i bring the monster in he doesn't immediately go after the frogs 
uh, and then, oh, I need to get a frog into this pipe, so I need to make sure that I don't lock him uh, out for some. I need to make sure one of the frogs is out of the ring, so then I can still interact with it. I, it was pretty interesting to me. Um, and, uh, I mean, you, you're getting closer and closer to getting caught, and then you finally get to really close to the shaman and you're kind of celebrating at one point and uh, the girl gets caught by um, the girl gets caught by the monster and the monster he kills her he kills her and she kind of had like a negative um, idea of the monster she kind of thought it was like a mindless killer and it was um her kid or it killing her was basically living up to her idea of what the monster was. And at this point, uh, I think this is your last, um, you see that like it progress slightly further and further, but this is your last, uh, when you get, you get junted or shunted back into the real world and you see like the entire scene play out. So you kind of see like you're in the car with your dad and he gets out. You're sitting in the backseat. It's that rainy night He's standing in front of the headlights. The shadow, his shadow is being like projected onto the wall, and you see that he's standing over a body that's slumped over. And then I guess you kind of put it all together that your dad must have been drunk and hit somebody in, in his car, drunk driving and hit somebody. And um, you kind of like uh, get brought back into um, into the, the the fantasy land and. Basically, you kind of feel a little hopeless because the girl is gone and it's just you and Lula and then the monster. And the monster, he's calm now. He's like his cool, docile self, but it's just kind of like, what do I do now? Like, she was leading me to this point all, all along and I'm here, but like, at what cost? And it's kind of interesting because uh, you the, the final puzzles before the 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 shaman are like unlike anything you've seen there's a lot of like more i feel like cool like i feel like this is a puzzle um but more cool interactable like environments and like kind of plays on like um perspective and things like that so like you're like one of the puzzles you're on this huge floating platform and like this super it's like a super huge dome that's white walls and you kind of have to, like, these platforms are rotating around this dome at different um, distances, and you kind of have to get on top of them, bring them up, and, like, it, it is a super interesting, and I, I feel like this is an actual puzzle. Uh, and I I kind of, I don't know, do you guys have anything to say about this? Or, like, did this feel like a puzzle, like an actual video game puzzle, or did it feel very simple to you guys still? compared to some of the other things. I'll start with you, Trevor. Um, it felt more like a puzzle. I think it, this is the one where like the, the monsters enraged the whole time. Or are you talking about on the, the one where you have to get on those platforms and when, like bring them back up. And if you miss then you fell into the water and spawn back on top, onto the platform, you know what I'm talking about? No, I'm I'm thinking of the one where you're jumping from like roof to roof. Oh, uh, no, this, this is a it's like there's three different like islands you have to get on. There are different Oh, distances. gotcha, gotcha. Um 
Yeah. That felt like a puzzle to me. Yeah, simply because, simply because you, you have like a... You have to rotate the the different platforms around. It's it's a lot more involved. Um, like you can you can fail it. Like when I say fail, I mean by by not solving it. Like you correctly. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like I rose everything up before realizing that I didn't do it correctly. Then I couldn't, there was no way for me to line everything up because I, I immediately, like the furthest back platform, I had lined it up in front of the door. Then I was like, oh, well, there's no other way I can get here. Let me go ahead and jump off. And I, it would have taken me a lot longer to reset the situation. But when I realized like, oh, I'm, I must be doing something incorrectly, I kind of re- reset and restarted. And um, I don't know, I, I did definitely feel like this was like, I wish there was more of this style of puzzle throughout the game, but like I was, I was glad we, there was some of it in this game. Um, yeah, yeah. What's up? I, I kind of wish that there was like maybe the puzzles were a little bit more involved, and because I guess the only issue I have with the puzzles in this game is they come off kind of like linear, and and you know, there's not very many ways to complete things, and I get why he's doing it because he's more the, I guess the developers are more focused on pushing the narrative and making like a super engaging public. Maybe it, maybe it was just me wanting something out of it that it's not being wrong. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, but yeah, you, you complete this puzzle and you're finally through the door and you're on the path up to the shaman and, um, you get up to the mountaintop and I guess you could say, and, uh, Actually, I, I take that back. Um, <laughs> you have to get on an aerial tram uh, up to almost like a ski lift up to the uh, the shaman. And at this point, like you, you have to toss Lula across this thing in order to start the sh- the the rope coming out for you to activate the tra- uh, the tram or the airway. And uh, she really like she hops off and tries to get back on your back like normal, but then the ropes doesn't come out anymore. So you realize, oh, you're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stay here to operate this thing. So you're gonna have to leave me behind, and it's just gonna be you and the monster. And like that's a that's a cool moment. And uh, you take this long tram trolley ride up to the shaman, and I mean there, it's kind of like I enjoy this game, and it's kind of long in my opinion. I feel like it was like sixty to 90 seconds long uh they do like some interesting things though so like they they kind of play with the lighting and they kind of like i mean it's it's the day but like and you're in the sky and you know there's no clouds or anything like that but uh they they kind of use some dramatic lighting to like highlight uh you versus highlighting the monster and you kind of like you guys are kind of separated and you can kind of see like whoa like this creature is so massive in comparison to Kiko, who's a very small child. And then, like, it's it's interesting because, like, at a certain point, you, you go through a cloud, and then, like, he's no longer the monster. It's, like, a depiction of his dad, and his dad is, like, sitting there, and he's he's also equally huge, and, like, he's hang, kind of hanging his head in shame. And, like, he's, like, damn near the same size as the monster, so he's still, like, a huge, like scary giant even though he's like a human and like a more recognizable figure um 
But yeah, you, you end up getting to the top, and he's like back to being the, the monster. And you start your way up these stairs, and um, the 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 um, monster is kind of staying at the top of the tram, waiting for you. And you get up to the shaman tower, and you see you're like, okay, cool. I just gotta run up this tower, and like as you're running up this tower, like there's like a staircase around the outside of this tower, and as you're running up, the tower is just being drilled into the ground, and it's it's pretty it's pretty cool actually because it's like you're no matter like <laughs> what you're doing, like no matter how fast you're moving, like you're not making any progress. And uh, you're spitting it into the ground, but you're not getting any higher up. And then once you get to the very top, a.k.a. once the, the tower has drilled all the way into the ground, you realize, oh, there's there's nothing here. And there is no shaman. And at that point, then, you, you see, like, uh, four statues appear. And they are, like, statues of, I want to say, Kiko with his father. Or like, yeah, I, I, I want to. No, 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 no. They're it pretty much. This is the reveal of the gameplay mechanics. Go ahead. Like, go ahead. okay, so at first this statue is of the monster and the frogs, and then you turn it, and then it becomes the monster, um, the father and the alcohol and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I had it written down. It was uh, different statues play out different memories in Kiko's life. And uh, so, like, you see the monster chasing Kiko. And then when you turn it, it you see it, Kiko being basically whooped or beat by his dad. Um, then you see one of uh, the monster t- killing or eating the girl. And then you see, you turn it and you see it's the father beating a girl. And I'm not sure, like, at this point, I'm like, is that his sister? Like, they, they, they never really answer it, but, like, it leads me to believe that the, the girl was a representation of his sister. Um, then you see one of the monster, like, kind of shameless, shamely, uh, ah, in shame, ashamed of eating a frog. And then you see his father drinking alcohol. Um, and then the other one is uh, Kiko jumping with Lula, and then that's depicted as Kiko playing with the toy. And um, then I guess like the very very end, I mean like like so like the, it's really weird because like there is no shaman, but there's just like this flame uh, that's talking to you. I guess you could say. And at the very end, it kind of says like no cure. There's no cure for the monster. You have to let him go. And it's almost kind of like asking for you to like almost he, he confronted these memories of like the, the crimes or like the things that his father's done and he kind of just has to like forgive him I, I guess almost and like uh, it's pretty interesting I kind of read uh, some interesting interpretations of like the ending of this game but um it's like there, there. The the hard truth is like there is no cure for the monster for his dad, and Kiko just kind of has to let it go. And then, so the very, the very last puzzle, I guess you could say, or thing that you do, is um, there's like three different islands that you're on, and the the monster is below you, and so like one is you have to feed the monster, like. It's interesting because you get plopped bottles in your world and you throw them into this pipe to feed to the monster. And when they come out the pipe, it's the, the, the frogs. 
And so you feed the uh, monster three frogs, and then like he gets enraged, and like as he's getting more, like he's eating more and more frogs, the world is becoming more and more on fire and chaotic. And then the next one is uh, basically forced to feed like these almost voodoo dolls of the girl. They're you know, and he's eating these, and it's growing on a platform. And so, like, you're forced to, like, kind of sacrifice this girl in order to further progress through this puzzle. And then at the last one, he, after he's happy, or he, like, he falls, and he's no longer angry, and he goes to sleep. And then you kind of have to push him over the cliff into this abyss. And, like, I don't know if it's, like, a representation of basically him forgiving his dad for all, like, the pain and all that that he's caused him, but, like, he pushes him the monster into the abyss and then he basically takes this uh path up this walkway and then he's walks back into the closet and he's back in the closet and that's kind of how the game ends um well i guess this is just one interpretation it's it seems like he was trying to be a friend of the monster for the entire game but then at the very end he realizes that essentially this friendship isn't worth anything or this relationship isn't worth anything so he kind of lets go of it yeah yeah it's it's and it's like <clears throat> i think one of the one of the interpretations i read is like the fact that you let go of the monster is very symbolic it's not letting your father go it's getting rid of the monster inside of your father so like i guess it's kind of like seeing that there are two sides there's a duality to his dad there's this dad when he's like his normal self and then his dad when he's like the the raging alcoholic or whatever and then on top of that too like a lot of people were saying like oh well like you can kind of look at his um uh relationship with lula and almost in a similar way to his dad's relationship with alcohol which i think this is a little bit more like Uh, like theory but he was kind of saying like you can kind of see the way he looks at Lula and it's just like oh he's so dependent on Lula and then you know to get him through the rough times and like essentially like that's not any different than his dad like presumably going to alcohol to get through some rough points in his own Uh, Trevor you got something you wanted to add? I mean, the one thing that I've really got from it is just, like, the game is more of an allegory for, like, only they can let it go. Like, you can't force them to do anything. They have to learn to do it themselves. And so I think him pushing the monster away was kind of his way of saying, it's out of his hands now. Like, you're going to have to take control of this yourself. Yeah, and and actually, and I just saw another interpretation too, where him pushing the monster away was basically the monster was a depiction of his memories of his childhood and all the abuse that he went through. So it was kind of like pushing behind, like basically letting go of these memories of his dad as abusive, and that way he can kind of move forward with this new life. Because at first he does seem kind of apprehensive of like. I'm God, you know, I'm going up that walkway into the closet, but like, you know, like he's kind of determined to do it. I guess it seems like, anyways, or it can be interpreted that he's determined to do it. Um, I don't know. I, I I do like the 
the story and how it's a little open-ended to up to your own interpretation because like I even was saying well, like I feel like Lula was maybe a representation of his mother because I could definitely see like the fact that you know Lula got killed by the monster it could be a time where you know his mom was beaten by his father or vice versa his his father beating the girl who was his sister or something like that so I can see those as being like super traumatic uh, experiences that he he witnessed and like those being crucial points in this game, I can definitely see that those two being representation members. What's up, Greg? <clears throat> Going back to the thing with Lula, other, I guess what I was thinking, I was kind of thinking maybe he was possibly kind of like a latchkey kid, and that was like him kind of internalizing his mother through that possibly, and he was interacting with the action figure, you know, just kind of treating it like that for um but anyway that that was kind of what i was thinking yeah i definitely can see that because like you said it, it was like almost motherly to him but also like his almost like introduced him to this fantasy world where it was like oh he can do regular things or like you know things that a regular human can do in this fantasy world and it wasn't until he had this toy this action figure that he really liked that he could do like extraordinary things where he could do the hover and all that stuff. So, um, I don't know. I ultimately, how did you guys feel about this story? Like, we, we'll, we'll talk about the game and how we felt about that. But like, how did you guys feel about this story and like how it was? Yeah, like we'll, we'll do the story first. How did you guys feel about the story? And I'll, I'll start with you, Trevor. The story was as as a video game. I wish there was more, like. I don't know. I wanted to see. It's kind of loose, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 very loose. Like I wanted to see the, you know, who is this little girl? Where is she leading you? Who are her people? And I understand, like knowing the background of the game, I understand why some of those things are introduced. Because if they if they would have introduced those things, there would have been like a lot of lost connections like where you're trying to to make certain things correspond like is his father is the monster and if they would have introduced other elements into the story then people may have been trying to interpret those as other parts of of his um background into developing this game um but f- just from knowing like what went into the story and like some of the the metaphors behind it it's 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 decent so so you're saying that you enjoyed the story but you just kind of wish that it was there was more to it almost yeah exactly like i i I enjoyed it for its function for what it for what it does and and especially the ending is is a really good payoff because you like since i did go into this blind not knowing that this was about an abusive alcoholic father um i didn't make that connection until i started seeing some of the the vignettes and then it all came together once i saw that final scene where you have to put the bottles into the the pipe and they come out as the frogs and you make all those connections together um you know that that's what really makes the story for me did you do you feel like so like this is something we didn't touch on but this is a relatively short game I think this took us 
ultimately roughly three hours uh, to beat. Do do you feel like a not to get ahead of myself, but like if was there a better way or was there more story that could be a, have been delivered in those three hours, or would it have been have to have been a longer game, and ultimately being a different type of game in order to satisfy what you're saying you didn't get with the story that was delivered? I mean, honestly, in in three hours. I don't know. Part of me wants to say I wish the puzzles were a little bit more involved. Like, I kind of would rather see that more than, like, the story more fleshed out. Gotcha. So you'd rather more difficult puzzles if the story stayed the same? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, How how did you feel about the story, Greg? Um, For the most part, like I said, it was me trying trying to figure out exactly one. I I did kind of like the reveal and thought it was kind of clever the way that the way that it characterized everybody. Um, but I don't know. I'm trying to think if I have any issues with the story other than that. I guess it wasn't as big of a as um I guess as a payout as I was expecting from it. But I did kind of like where it was. So personally, for me going into this. I don't have any experience with this type of story or like, you know, I, I, this is not something that I deal with or have dealt with in my life, but I going in, I knew what the story was about, but I didn't know how it was going to be delivered to me. And I actually, I, I enjoyed the way the story was delivered and I really liked the open-endedness and, uh, of the, specifically with like the shaman and just the ending and i even like the part where it's like there's different interpretations like some of my favorite tv shows like lost have a lot of open-ended uh aspects to them a lot of things that never get answered in that show but there's a lot of open-endedness or like multiple interpretations of something and I really like that about that show and I I really like that about this game where it's like I mean I've read three or four interpretations of just like what the monster um at the end represents and like this the representation of putting the monster into the abyss after you push it off and like I I really like that about this game and I think I prefer it to being this way than like oh like I wish they delivered more story or um, I wish there was a uh, like a more concrete ending. Dante, how, how do you how do you feel about the story? All right. So um, before I start, is it cool? Um, I'll probably transition into I yeah, guess, you're the gameplay you're again. You're okay. So I really enjoyed the story as far as like the premise of it. I respect the di- living daylights out of this dude for trying to tell his own personal tale in a video game and put it into what pretty much boils down to like a short story experience. And the actual story beats of the story that you actually do experience throughout the game are all really well done, in my opinion. The thing, though, about this game, and I kind of feel bad, but it frustrated, like, the living daylights out of me, was... I really don't like using this term. Waypoint uses this term occasionally. But I felt like the ending was emotionally manipulative um, in a lot of regards. 
as far as the reveals go, I don't think that he, they really earned those reveals, in my opinion. Like, okay, so the frogs rec- represent alcohol, and, like, him turning angry represents, like, your angry dad or whatever. But then when you go back and, like, recontextualize those scenes that that actually happened, it it doesn't really do anything, like... If you look at the environments, the puzzle you're solving, it doesn't have anything to do with that type of stuff. Does that make sense? You you mean like when you're? I I, I need a little bit like more. the environment, the the environment that you're in, the puzzles that you're solving in the environment. So you're have, saying like the fact that you're in the favelas? Like not even that you're in the favelas. It's just like the puzzles themselves had nothing to do with like oh, well, this works as a deeper metaphor, like, I was trying to, like, escape from my father in this very specific, like, scenario in my life or anything like that. It just felt like, oh, well, here's this gameplay mechanic, and this guy gets angry, so we can tie that one-to-one with my father being angry. And it doesn't really, like, you don't go back on that scene and be like, oh, now I see it all. I kind of get what you're saying, but I, I think that part of the reason you don't is because he's in this fantasy world where in theory things are supposed to be better so like i don't think that him like re going revisiting those situations or those environments where this actual thing happened would have been like one probably not healthy but also just like it wouldn't have been as interesting or fun because i feel like he has so much control for the most part when he's in this dream world the only thing he doesn't have control over is this monster so it would have been like, I don't know, it would have been a little bit weird to me if he was to be like, oh, well, this is not even where this actually happened. This actually happened at this thing. It would maybe probably be a little bit more scary of a game, too. Like, I think I do like the juxtaposition between the playfulness of Kiko and just like the fantasy land versus like this huge destructive monster that's in it. Like, I get what you're going for. And for the most part, like, I can see what you're saying. But I just wish, since these puzzles aren't that complex in the first place, I wish they would have been more integrated with the thematic things that he was going for with each of those, like, many metaphors he was trying to tell along the way. I kind I kind of get that. I, the only, not, not even a pushback, the only thing for me is, like, I don't, I mean, this, as far as I know, this is his first game, and, like, I think, ultimately the story is the thing that he was trying to tell and i think if anything just the environment was there to push forward the fact that he is this brazilian kid like this is the environment that he grew up in and this is what it was like it i don't know i think he was mostly just trying to push forward like i'm this brazilian kid or this i'm proud of my country and my heritage or something like that so i, I don't necessarily think the environment aspect was as thought out as you probably would have liked it to be uh trevor you you got something yeah i was just gonna talk about one thing dante said like i understand what you're saying because like i said i played through this game a second time and knowing those parallels between your father and the monster doesn't really doing do anything in those circumstances like in the game like when you're trying to solve these puzzles like knowing that this monster is an alcoholic father doesn't do anything but back to when I, you know, I mentioned 
that I went into this game blind and I originally thought like the monster is your companion. And when he's docile, I think that's true. He he is your companion. Then all of a sudden, once he does become a raging monster, once he does get alcohol in his system, that's when he becomes your worst enemy. And I think that says a lot more about some of the parallels between um, the real world and, um, you know, the creator's story. Uh, I guess, too, um, as far as the, the, the puzzles, the two... Um... I know you have a lot to say about this, Dante, but do you feel like if the puzzles were any di- more difficult, like that would have, I, I, I don't know if that would have made the game. It's not better. a thing about difficulty. It's just, I would say creativity or like, like creative or I guess more involved. Cause I liked what they were going for. They did a lot of stuff that actually reminded me of DMC Devil May Cry as far as like you exist in one world but then you can kind of pull elements from either the light world or the dark world. That's Devil May Cry, not this game, but the same way like you interact with certain aspects of the environment um, are very similar. And I guess huh, I don't I don't really know what I want to say about that. Like, they had opportunities to make the puzzles more interesting. But I just don't feel like that was their prerogative, to be honest. For me, like, there's five puzzles I can think of, like, in my head that I played in this game that I was like, this is what I want this entire game to be. I do feel like a lot of the puzzles were very straightforward, like, very linear. I do feel like this entire game was built in a way to service and like deliver this story. So I think that was the focal point. And I think that's what ultimately, I think that was the message that this guy was trying to present. And it just happened to be in the backdrop of a video game. So I do think, I do wish the puzzles were more creative. I do wish they were more, more involved or, you know, take, took more brain power, like just, you as a character had to do more things in order to solve this puzzle. But I do feel like I'm super glad that we got to see this story fleshed out in a video game instead of getting it in like a book or like a movie. Or like a Gone Home type thing, I guess, right? Well, I haven't played Gone Home. but uh... (laughs) See, I'm the complete opposite, though. Like, the entire time I was playing through this, I was just thinking to myself, this would have been a better actual short story or maybe like short film or something like that. Because the gameplay really, honestly, it just didn't do anything for me here. Like, I don't think it created any type of emotional resonance with the story they were trying to tell. And I think that's where me and you are like, I think we agree on most of the things, but I think that's where we're differing. Because like, for me, seeing his dad and like or this depiction of his dad and when he gets the frog like I kind of felt something at that point where it was just like holy crap I don't want to be around this this creature I need to get out of Dodge because this creature is chasing me like you know like I said the game was slowing down and I, I thought that was like 
to play and it really like played up the effect for me honestly so like even though that was probably a technical issue and not like something they wanted it helped sell that point for me that he was angry and like like <clears throat> almost really almost every time he was enraged or you know this beast like that was the game was slowing down for me and after a while it like i was like oh this is not supposed to be like that but that first encounter i was like holy crap i need to get out of here so like i i did have that emotional response to it and so like i don't personally i'm super glad that this was a video game because one you don't necessarily get these type of like stories and kind of like what you said like it's super i'm super glad and appreciative that this guy um was able to tell his story the way he told his story and i'm glad that he chose video games as the medium medium to deliver that because I don't think this would have been as powerful a story to, like, I think it would have been relatable to people that have gone through this, but I don't necessarily feel like it would have been as powerful to people like myself that haven't gone through this in order to see this. Like, when you see the monster when he first changes, when you're sitting beside, when you're on that air tram and you're sitting next to the monster and you just see the scale between the two creatures or, you know, you and the creature, and then it switches to your dad, and it's like, holy crap, like, the monster is as big as his dad is. So it's like, there's no, like, literally, it's just like a, like a a skin change, you know, he just, (laughs) he's just, like, changing the, the costume that he's wearing, but he's the same shape and size and everything. It's like, holy crap, like, that's a big dude. I can see as a kid why this would be so scary and such a, like, traumatic experience. And then to have grown up, having to deal with this on a daily basis or whatever. Like I can see why it was so scary and traumatic experience for him. And then I I even like being transported. Like I felt like I was transported into the favelas with the way the music was. Uh, Like I I felt one of the things that I think they did nail was unlike a lot of the games that we've played on, you know, for the show, I feel like the music did a good job of like, it was varied enough but it did a good job of like kind of transporting you into the environment. So it wasn't just like one Samba song that was playing over and over on loop every time you went to a new environment. It was different ones and like they had different like kind of feels and vibes to them. And I feel like they all kind of fit the respective uh, environments that they were played at. So I, I, I don't know. This is, uh, I don't know. I, I had a <laughs> very strong emotional uh draws of this game and I, I only played it once. I didn't play it two times like Trevor, but I three hours was the perfect length for this story for me. I do agree that the gameplay was not what I wanted it to be. I wish it could have been more, as you said, um interactable or more I kinda wanna defend my name just a little bit. Like Go ahead. I Go know ahead. I come off as a game gameplay prude sometimes and I didn't mean for that to happen. And I do enjoy like walking sims and stuff like that. It was just that in this particular case, I had wished that the um, gameplay was a little bit more integrated with the story they were trying to tell. And I also kind of want to backtrack saying that I would have probably preferred this as a short story or a movie. Because really that's up to the author. And I don't want to take that away from him. So even though it might not have been the ideal situation for what I think the ideal situation for delivering the narrative um, would be. Um, Mad prop for the dude using games as a medium. 
to try at least and do that? I I, I think it was the per- personally I feel like it was the perfect one because like I feel like in some of those other mediums like the only people that are going to find that story are people looking for that specific content. Whereas like for me and like, even you, like we knew what this story was and like Trevor and Greg did it. And like the look of the game versus the actual story that was delivering was like stark contrast where like, I I feel like they did a good job of playing up the playfulness of the characters and the environment. And it looked very happy and cheery. But underneath, it was telling, like, a pretty, like, serious, uh, traumatic kind of story. And uh, so I I think that it was a perfect juxtaposition of having, like, this type of art style with that type of content. And I know I've been talking for a lot, so let me kick it to, like, Greg. What what, what do you feel about how this game was, this story was delivered through the the medium and even just, uh, just the puzzles and, like... Do you think them being more involving would have improved the game, or like, what do you think? Um, I don't think that adding complexity to the puzzles would have benefited the game at all. I do agree with uh, what Dante said about maybe a little bit more creativity or finding a way to uh, tie the reveals or make the reveals more meaningful when you go back and play the game. Um, it kind of made through, I think it would have been benefited from something like that. Um, as far as the reveal, I guess, um, like I said, I, I liked it. Um, I do feel that it is a little empty because it's hard to kind of, or maybe it's just me. It was kind of hard for me to, to really, I guess, empathize with them at that point, I guess. Cause you don't really, I guess you don't get enough background some. Um, to really kind of feel, but outside of that, I think overall I did like the game. I don't know if, if I would have rather, rather the game doesn't last long enough to overstay its welcome. So I guess overall I was generally pleased with the time that I had with, but there's definitely some things. And lastly, what about you, Trevor? How'd you feel about how the story was delivered and just some of the things that we've touched on so far? I think the the story does what the creator set out to do with it. Um, sometimes it feels like it uses this medium or this platform to kind of make things more ambiguous. Like it's it's got very um, very video game like limitations to it. I guess you could say. Like sometimes it it helps it and sometimes it hurts it. I'm trying to think of. What, what, I'm trying to think of like an example. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask for. It's like, what you mean limitations? Like, there are certain points in the game where you know the girl is leading you and she kind of tells you, you can't progress any further unless you have the monster with you. You know those sorts of things, kind of, and that might essentially that might, stuff that breaks the immersion. Yeah. And that that's that would be my only gripe about it being a video game, but I imagine if it were any other medium, I probably wouldn't have run into yeah. it. Right? And like, and I, I I really wish a lot of developers would do something like this, where they just 
take time away from like these big budget games that they develop and and tell one story even if it's just like a short story like this one is because you know you get some really creative things out of it whether it just be um you know a cool story or you know a, a brief demo of certain game mechanics that can be used elsewhere yeah like for me it, this could have easily been like a super short like like Dante said a short story or even like a short like um, short uh, like a film festival or something like that nothing longer than 15 minutes where you kind of see a couple of experiences this this guy had as a kid dealing with an abusive father he could have been represented as a monster or just two humans or whatever but I don't necessarily feel like I don't know I, I just I really liked how this game was depicted I guess I, I don't know like like I said this is not something that I can relate to so I can't say like, oh, I've experienced that or whatever, but like, I just, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I think I said this to on our group, but this has been my favorite game. Probably won't be for long, but uh, this has been my favorite game that we've played on this show. And like, I 100% agree with like what some of the other guys were saying. It's not necessarily that the game needed more difficult puzzles, but a little bit more involvement on the player's part. And like I said, the five puzzles that I can think of, like I can name them. Like, I can say this puzzle here where you did this thing, this puzzle here. Those are the five puzzles that you got that. And those puzzles, to me, stood out the most as, like, ones that, like, when I talk about this game, those are the puzzles that I'm going to bring up. But there weren't enough in the grand scheme of things. You you do, like, say you do 20, 30 puzzles, less than a quarter, or just a quarter of them are ones that you kind of want to do. A lot of them are just kind of just, like, hit this button, hit this button, hit this button. Okay, you're progress, and that's not necessarily fun, but I, I I think it's kind of like the game looks fun, so you want to have fun, but the story is like the story isn't like a cheery story, so it's kind of like I don't know, it, it, it's kind of interesting. It, it kind of plays with me a little bit, where it's like, why am I such, you know, I'm in this cheery environment, but this this dark or this traumatic story is going on, and I don't know. It's I, I really enjoyed this game. And, uh, uh, do we need to touch on anything else? Am I, is, uh, do you got anything else you need to add, Dante? Not in specific. Actually, I I thought this was kind of interesting. Did any of you guys look up what the guy actually looked like? Because I I did. Vander Caballero. So, I thought this was kind of interesting, and we don't necessarily have to talk about it too much, but, like, Kiko in this game is depicted as a dark skin, like a, a Afro Brazilian boy, and um, I I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I immediately started thinking of, like, you know, like, oh, this dude must be like a, a African or like again an Afro Brazilian uh, person, and so I looked up the the guy, and he was I, I don't want to say light skin or anything like that, but he just looked his he just looked Hispanic. He didn't look like he had any African in him, and I'm not saying that he does or does not, but I thought it was really interesting because I was thinking, like, oh, you know, like, representation matters, and I was like, oh, this is a a dark-skinned Brazilian man making this game, and he looked like a, what you would imagine if you were to think of uh, a Hispanic person, he's that complexion, and it was interesting to me that he chose to depict his story through a afro-brazilian uh, avatar and I, I thought that was kind of interesting 
it kind of made me feel a little weird because I was like, all right, so like, did you grow up in the favelas? Are you trying to insinuate something? And then I was like, man, I don't necessarily need to like get all into that. I, you know, I enjoy the story for what it is, but it was something that was, it was kind of interesting to me because I was just like, huh? So like, why, why? Like, I I don't know. I I was kind of like, man, I wish I could have sat down and talked to this guy and just asked him a little bit about this game and like, like why he chose that representation of Kiko, and then also just like um, some of the uh, the end of the end of the game uh, stuff, and just like some of the open endedness, and just to get a little bit of his interpretation. But uh, that that was interesting to me. But uh, if we don't have anything else, right? Are, are you, you guys all good, Trevor, Greg? Yep. All right. Well, then with that, I guess, do we, do we have any questions? Um, no, we do not. But if you guys are willing to want to participate in the show, you can always hit us. Miss checkpoints at gmail.com. Always looking for questions or feedback. So hit us up, man. We might as well just like scrap that and just be like, Oh, don't have to ask. Just like, We already know, but we got to plug ourselves too. So, uh, speaking of plugs, uh, Greg, where can people reach you at? Uh, you guys can find me at twitter.com slash boombox hero. I think that's how, uh, facebook.com slash and on Twitch at Trevor, where can people find you at? Well, you can find me, um, on monster hunter world. I'll be playing on Xbox. Hit me up. Lyric unsung. Dante, where can people find you at? Don't. Okay, I'm with him. Don't find me. <laughs> Don't look for me. He'll find you. Yeah, I'll find you. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I guess that concludes our discussion of Papo Yo. That is the first of my two games um, for the month of February. Our next game, my highly anticipated game. I'm rubbing my hands like Birdman right here. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm doing the Birdman hand rub. Hotline again. Miami. Let's go, boys. <laughs> and uh, I think I think uh, Trevor's the only one that hasn't played this game. Or even, we all beaten it besides Trevor, right? Yeah. Don, a Don. game where Marcus and I actually have synergy as far as like opinions and stuff. Right? What the heck is this? So I'm excited to hear about Trevor's experience with this game when we play it, and like, kind of want to hear like how many times he died almost. But <laughs> I'm super looking forward to this game. What's the over under on the uh, Trevor death? Well, count? is there a way you can check how many times he died? Zero. <laughs> If you die zero times, I will be so impressed. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm gonna have to see if there's a. If I'm gonna make like a, a plug-in app or something that just ties right. directly into the game. It's gonna or be like TrevorWatch.com. Trevor, you should just do a tick mark every time you die. We should all do that. We actually we should all keep track of how many times we die because after you, it's not like Super Meat Boy where you spawn right away. You have to like click a. But actually, no, it is like Super Meat Boy. You have to like click a button to respawn, right? Yeah, I think he has a left click. Yeah, we should all keep track of how many times we die. Like, straight up. Like, for real, for real. I'm cool with that. It's going to be a lot, but yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. I'm I'm thinking somebody's going to hit 400. No. That much? 
I, I know I know I died a lot when I played it, so I mean maybe I was trying to think. I was trying to think, dude. There's times where you can die like twenty times in the course of a minute, so Yeah. yeah. I think it just depends on how rage like salty you get too, because like I alright, I'll say I'll say somebody's gonna hit two hundred. Over two hundred. Probably me or Trevor, but I'm gonna go three. Three hundred? Damn. Trevor, how many times are you going to die? Zero, right? Zero. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> I bet, actually, I bet, I bet Greg is going to have the least amount of deaths. I, I bet that. I'm fine I'm with that. Nice. <laughs> He's like, I just want to be in the middle. I don't want to be too high, too low. All right. Well, uh, yeah, as you can see, we're, we're looking forward to this hotline Miami. So, with that, um... I guess we'll I gotta remember up. if I play that game with a keyboard or mouse or a controller. Oh, I tried to play with a controller, but I ended up playing with a keyboard and mouse. And I want to play with a controller, but I'm going to play with keyboard and mouse. Yeah, when I played it, the first time I played it was on PlayStation Three. I'm playing with the controller then, and then when I played uh, Hotline Miami Two, too. so I might try mouse and keyboard this. I'm time doing mouse and keyboard. Here. Mouse and keyboard. Let's go, boys! All right. Well, yeah, we're we're pretty excited for this game, so. Uh, with that, we are Miss Checkpoints, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>